And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Got a great guest for you today. It's Parsons High School Principal Eric Swanson. Swanee, how are we doing? I'm doing really good, Sean. Getting ready to get school going and <laughs> nice nice to get the kids back in the building. It's about, what is this, your second or third time on this show? Uh, this is the third. Third, all yeah. right. Uh, too, too many if you ask some people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Me included. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying yes. One thing I wanted to talk about right off the rip, and you know, I at the end of the last time I did this show, I, I kind of went on a diatribe a little bit about vaccines. It's getting frustrating to me that, you know, the vaccine rate is leading to an, a, a, yet another uptake in COVID. And sure enough, fall sports are right around the corner. And so... Are we going to see the return of mask mandates? You know, are we going to see more restrictions brought back upon us when it seemed like we were out of the woods and the only thing people had to do was go get a shot? You you manage a public school where every belief and faith and 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 possible school of thought converges into one building, and you've got to manage all of that. What type of approach from the high school perspective is Parsons High School going to take regarding incur you know? whether kids should or should not get the vaccine and how you communicate that with families. Yeah, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, we're not, right. gonna, I, we can't mandate a vaccine and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that even if I could. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, we can mandate some vaccines. I mean, you have to have certain vaccines to go to school. It's like measles and polio and stuff exactly. like that. But those are, those are vaccines that have been around a long time. They've been studied mm-hmm. The COVID vaccine's still really early. You know, I, I got my shot. My family's gotten theirs. We feel comfortable with it. Um, I, 10 years from now, hopefully we still feel comfortable with that choice. We just, we aren't, we aren't sure. So we're, I wouldn't, I'm not going to mandate anything like that. We're still waiting on our board. Our board's going to meet uh, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have some things that they have to consider. There's a lot of things to consider when you're looking at mask mandates um, events, uh, th- those kind of decisions to be made. I don't envy any boards. Um, Sean, we were talking before, and one the, uh, and this summer as I've been on the track running, I've been listening to your podcasts. Um, I just went back through some old ones. I love to listen to Coach Howe talk, um, especially before basketball season. I went back yeah. to one from October and listened. Well, he had one. You had him on, um, and I can't remember when it was. Maybe it was this summer, but he made a comment that stood out to me, and that was, we have become such a country of judgmental people mm-hmm. that 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 really hit home to me. Um, if you don't have the vaccine, mm-hmm. I'm not judging you for that. You you might have your reasons, good or bad. I may agree or disagree, but I can't judge you for that. You 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 don't want to have a mask mandate? Hey, great. That I don't want to judge you for that. I don't have to agree with you, but gosh, we have got to stop being so judgmental with each other for views that are different than our own. And our board is going to have to make a decision. Some are going to like it. Some aren't going to like it, but you know what? There's not one of those board members. That's a stupid idiot. And we're going to hear that. We're going to hear what a bunch of idiots stop judging folks. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, going to be a really board members live fairly good, successful lives. Absolutely. Yeah. They idiots don't get there. Yeah. Some do, <laughs> but but you're for having to make the decisions that they're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. Stop judging. You don't have to agree, but at least be kind about it. And if you want to judge, judge in private with your in mm-hmm. the privacy of your own house or in your own car. But stay off of social media. Stay just 
let it let it be. They're doing the best they can. And in turn, we will do the best we can as yeah. administrators. And you know, you're talking about society as a whole and the country as a whole. I think an iteration of what you're talking about is something that uh, former President Barack Obama said in an, in a couple interviews. This is a guy I never voted for. Now I was a young kid, and I did, but and views and philosophies on every side have changed. I don't think Obama was a bad president. I also don't feel the need to qualify everything I said. I didn't vote for him because I supported the other candidate, and that that's my right. But he said something I really agreed with, which was. Part of it is the quote-unquote media's fault, which I don't really like blaming the media for a lot because I'm part of it, so it's not my fault. But uh, he said that because the media is, there's such a robust media presence in the world, and a lot of it plays into, it can be biased one way or the other through a lot of lenses on every side. It's not just, you know, ultra-conservative websites. It's ultra-liberal websites, and it's ultra-religious websites. It's everything that feed into our confirmation bias narratives that society has lost track of local matters. It used to be you're worried about what's happening in your community. Now everybody's having these deep philosophical conversations and that polarizes the country. And I wonder what that looks like in Parsons. And I mean, you even see, you see kids having these type of conversations. We didn't think about that stuff near as much when I was in high school. And I wasn't in high school that long ago. I was in high school, what am I, I'm 29 right now. I was in high school 11 years ago. That wasn't that long ago. And I mean, I can't imagine what it's like just being a principal where the dynamics are changing like that. Yeah, it, it absolutely has changed. I, where did I get my news? That was at 5 o'clock at the local news. Mm-hmm. And five thirty on the we always watched NBC News, and it was Tom Brokaw and John Chancellor and, yep. and Brian Williams. But at that point, a lot of media just reported the news. They mm-hmm. didn't have their spin on it. They just here's the news. You make your own opinions. Yeah. Um, but now with social media, of course, you, know, you can you can tune your your timeline. Like I know with my Facebook timeline, I have. I have friends on there that I've unfollowed or just maybe unfriended because, because it's my, it's my timeline. And I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily want to have all that, what I consider garbage on my timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, But the kids are bombarded with, with far right, far left, not a lot in the middle stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's different for them than it was for me. I mean, I'm pushing 50 and Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a different time. Regarding uh, COVID, and and I know you're not the AD, but uh, regarding how what COVID restrictions might look like for fall sports, uh, I know you just had them. You had kind of an orientation, an annual orientation meeting uh, with some Keisha officials uh, today. We're recording this on a Thursday for for a Monday drop, so a few days will have passed since, until people hear this. But what what might the fall look like given the current uptick? Keisha says local. It's a local decision. You okay. consult your health department. Um, I know that Lori's been in touch with our health department, not necessarily about fall sports, but for the start of school. What will that look? Which like? all go hand in hand? Oh, ab- absolutely, they do. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. You're probably not going to have a mass mandate at school and not at football. Um, but you know, one of the things that that we're hearing is indoor outdoor. That outdoors, you may not have to have that that mask on. I. It, it changes from week to week, it seems. Mm-hmm. And that's the CDC takes a hit on that all the time because they seem to be waffling. And 
So if, if you're on one side of it, they're waffling. If you're on the other side, it's they're looking at data and making new decisions. So yeah. it just depends on which, which lens, like you said, you're looking at it through. And it's so probably we, a little bit of both, honestly. I'm sure that it is. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the middle is where the truth lies. We just don't know what, what fall sports are, are going to look like at this point in time. I think last year we may have had a better idea of what it was going to look like. I agree. Because COVID had been around it, at least we knew we were going to be masked and we knew that Keisha had stepped in and said these things. Now we're on a new uptick and right, I, it's about to start. I, yeah. I think a lot of people are, are, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything to get anyone or myself in trouble, but I think a lot, a lot of people, even that, that lean left and lean more liberal are saying, we don't want another mandate. Let us, yeah. we, we made a choice to be vaccinated or we've made choices on masks or not. It, boy, another mask mandate would be really, really hard to swallow. But if that's mm-hmm. the direction we go to keep our schools open, I'll wear the thing. You better believe I'll wear it yeah. every day because I want our kids <laughs> in school. And if that's how we have mm-hmm. to do it, that's how we're going to do it. That and that is a a huge thing is, uh, you know, getting kids in the building, and th- that is I've recognized how huge that is from the start. You know, anybody who was online learning took a hit whether they were the most dedicated student or not. Yeah. They, they took a hit in their progression. And I, I recognize the importance of that. I'm kind of with you. I made my choice to get vaccinated. And, you know, but at the same time, I, I never felt strongly. I, I, I did feel strongly that you should wear a mask when the mask mandates were in part because, I you know, that was just my opinion on following the science and, and doing what's right for your community. At the same time, you're right. It, nobody liked wearing the mask, but it didn't really bother me. I mean, whatever. It, it was just kind of a thing. I kind of, you know, I would always wear, I, you know, for years I would get teased every now and then for wearing like those big, a big balaclava in, in winter when I would cover football and it's and it's mid to late October. Well, <laughs> screw, screw you guys. I was ahead of the trend, <laughs> but I mean, I, I get why it's frustrating and to me, that just goes back to to get vaccinated. How do you know? I always thought I thought Parsons did a fairly good job of of regulating itself with all the mandates this past year. You were involved in that in a lot of steps. How did what did you maybe learn from that as we as we enter another school year? Mm. What did I learn from just initiating it last year? Is that yeah. kind of your question? And I remember, I think one of the, and let's just take one example. You were very proactive and I think it was, you know, very much a decision that this, the administration came up with was towards the end of the uh, fall semester. So right at the end, of, so right, right as we were heading into winter break, you got Parsons canceled its last two or three boys basketball games that were scheduled for that week. Cause you saw an uptick in COVID coming in your locker room and you were like, let's, let's just call it. Yeah, and uh, you know that was a proactive decision, whereas most schools, not wrongly, waited for it at least to hit. Why? Why was that your train of thought at the time, and why? And you know what about that? I guess mindset carries over to this year. Uh, at the at the time, what we would what we were seeing is we were seeing some cases we think that were in our weight room, and our boys are in that weight room, mm-hmm. um, and so we decided that we're just gonna. We're just going to call it. Um, we felt like it was too close for us to go play Pittsburgh and go play Joplin and take it to them. We weren't sure. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, 
it ended up being the exact right call. Yeah, because then quite a few of our city oh, players absolutely. come down with we it. Were, we were, they didn't come down with it, but we were, we made that decision on a Wednesday morning, and by Saturday, even though we were out of school on Friday, by Saturday, the entire basketball team had officially been put into quarantine because Ooh. of close contact. So we knew we were ahead of it. Um, if we had it to do over again, I'd do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I would rather be proactive in a situation like that than to go out and take possible cases out to other communities. I would hope other communities would feel the same way, but we know in Southeast Kansas, that's not the case. Absolutely. Um, but we'll, we'll always err on that side of keeping our, keeping our kids as safe as possible, not just ours, but those that ours might have in, yeah. have contact with. Cause I mean, honestly, the, the kids here in Parsons are, are special to us, mm-hmm. but the kids at Lebec County, the kids at Columbus, the kids over in Pittsburgh, we have to look out for them too. Yeah. You know, even though they're not they're not specifically ours. They're kids. And that's what our jobs are is to take care of kids, whether they're ours or not. And we just felt strongly in that case. And like I like I already said, I, we think it was a good move and it turned out to be. For sure. Well, hey, let's go to a quick break. Uh, when we come back, you want to talk a little bit about some Parsons High School athletics and get off this COVID stuff? Sure. <laughs> All right. No COVID. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, more Eric Swanson, principal over at Parsons High School. When we come back here on the War Room on KOKC, don't go anywhere. And we're back here on the War Room here on KOKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We got Parsons High School principal Eric Swanson here with us. Uh, Swanee, uh, the first thing I want to talk about, it, it's something I talked with Rob about, Rob Barkas a couple times, the athletic director over there at Parsons. Um, it's something I talked with a couple of the coaches, and that is the the ongoing rebuild of the girls' athletic side of Parsons High School. Uh, we, we saw over a lot, and we saw some progress this past athletic, this past school year. We saw volleyball take some very positive steps forward. They went from one win to nine. That's a that's a big step, in my opinion. And they were playing really well down the stretch of the year. They they beat an independence team that that made it to the sub-state finals and nearly won the league. They were they were just a couple points from beating Lebet County and winning the league on the last regular season day of the year. Parsons beat them that same week. Uh and then you look at you also look at uh you know, girls basketball, they had a five, I believe they had a five game win streak at some point uh, during the year. I'll tell you this. I went and watched the Parsons girls basketball team under head coach Pat Scheibe. Uh, Brooke Hopper is the volleyball coach, by the way. want to give her a shout out. Can't forget Brooke. But I, I, I watched Pat Scheibe and those girls play against St. Mary's Colgan and Cherryville at Parsons Middle School. I believe the high school was being redone. The gym was being refinished or something like that. Uh, and so they played just some summer scrimmages at the at the middle school. Those Parsons girls look good. Now, I tell everybody, every summer scrimmage comes with every grain of salt you can find because everybody, you know, everybody's approach to it is wildly different. You have coaches trying new lineups. You know, Cherryville was missing its its best best post player. Uh, Colgan was coming off uh, a long week athletic, you know, so they were pretty tired. Uh, and everybody comes up to it with different approaches. But at the same time, it's still basketball. Everybody's going head-to-head. Parsons were hung with St. Mary's Colgan that played for a state title for three quarters, and then they beat Cherryville fairly handily. And Cherryville was a team that won 15 games and, and has been to the sub-state, has won a playoff game each of the last four years. There are good, those are two good teams that Parsons went one and one against and looked pretty good against both of them. But we also see what, what is going on with softball. You guys, I don't know if you guys have hired a new softball head coach yet you have you will go ahead yeah uh, shelby liska is she was the assistant be, yes. this past year right yes. yeah 
Uh, so it, that you see the softball program, they have undergone three straight winless campaigns. Um, and the only break in that was the COVID season they never had, which I feel like just just decimated any progress Caleb Reed was trying to make. And this is not an it is not an indictment of Caleb Reed and the job he did. But what you're what I what I think you see, and I'm sure you experienced this at being a principal at Riley County and other and then even smaller schools, track can siphon off track can siphon off talent from baseball and softball, or baseball and softball can siphon off talent for track because you have two I think very major sports. And a lot of times, if one sport is doing particularly bad, the, the kids are going to go to the other one. Well, most of your athletic girls are doing track right now at Parsons High School. The rebuild process is still going on at Parsons. How, how, do, what, how do you kind of think about that and continue to navigate that process on that side of the athletic spectrum at Parsons? Well, that's a lot to unwrap. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I mean, obviously you're right. The girls are making making progress. Our volleyball team made such huge strides from two years ago to oh, last yeah. year. And they've worked really hard again this summer. They've been in the weight room. They've been, they played at Southeast. They played in a, in a, um, in a league over in Frontenac. So they're getting games in uh, basketball team, same way, you know, and you know, when you went through that, what you didn't mention was how young oh, yeah. <laughs> these programs are. We, you know, basketball they're still was, very sophomore dominated. Basketball was freshman and sophomore dominated. Mm-hmm. And those kids, they're going to be back for a couple more years. So, you're right. We I think we are on an uptick in our girls' sports, and mm-hmm. and Brooke and Pat have a, had a lot to do with that because they expect some things out of the girls during the summer. Um, they expect them to be playing. They expect them to be in the weight room. Um, I don't think they they don't overdo it. I don't mm-hmm. think our our I don't think any of our kids they overdo it. Our coaches do a really good job of working together to make sure that they're not tapping out our kids during the the summers because that's really easy to do. If you've got a kid that's a three-sport athlete and all three of those coaches want a piece of them, you can really, uh, really burn a kid out. So our, our girls' coaches have done a, a, a really good job of, of I think, balancing that. Um, I, I expect we're going to have even more success out of those those two programs this upcoming year. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I you know, just to harp on how impressed I was by girl, by the girls' basketball team, they can do I'm very excited to see what Anaya Hemmen looks like. I mean, she I nominated her for Girls Athlete of the Year at my paper, and you look at her on-paper resume, she's hanging right with the Mariah Monroys, the Anna Deans of the world. As a freshman. I'm, as a freshman, meddling at state track, all league in volleyball, all league in basketball. I believe she was a league champion in track, if I'm not mistaken. She might have been the league champion in the triple jump. I mean, or if not, she finished very high, and... I mean, for for Anaya to do what she's doing now, I mean, she she has a lot of potential, and she's not the only one. Sydney Shibe, a great shooter uh, for Parsons. Uh, you've got they have a. I saw I watched a young a freshman a rising coming incoming freshman point guard play for that Parsons team. I'm skipping on her name right now, and you know I apologize for that. But I mean, they they, they have some. I'll give you a quote that uh, a local SEK league coach uh, texted me because I was at that scrimmage. And I texted the coach. I was like, "Parsons is looking all right right now," because they knew because they saw I had tweeted out that I was at these scrimmages, and they asked about it. And I was like, "Parsons is looking all right." Here's the score: they're beating Trayville right now. And they texted me back, and they said, "Parsons is going to be spicy this year." <laughs> I like that, and I yeah. think that's accurate. And 
I think this is a year, you know, specifically on the on the basketball and the volleyball front that I think we I think basketball could approach 500, and I think volleyball that they might sniff a winning season. And I I think you look at the league standings, they're going to be kind of in that middle of the pack a little bit, which is a huge progression from where they were two years ago. People might think, oh, middle of the pack, you're doubting Parsons. No, that's. That's huge progress from what we have seen, and you also get and you also got to take into account too. It's always going to be hard to compare the girls' programs at Parsons to your arch rival, Labette County. Well, Labette County just has it rolling right now, and but you have a coach in Brooke Hopper who's following that narrative. She's a product of Christy Snyder and Heather Wilson. She 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 knows the expectations that that program down south carries, and while you don't want to compare. And, and, and everything like that. At the same time, they do things well over there, especially on that. I, I would say Labette County Girls Athletics is better than their boys' athletics. I don't see how you can make any other argument. And I think there's a lot that can be learned from there. I I think in about a year or two, Parsons might be right there with them. It, it, it'll be fun to watch. I've got an idea that I want to pit that I, I can't remember if I've ever pitched this idea to you, but... It's just a simple idea, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I've always thought about like writing an open letter and publishing it in the Parsons Sun to get the ball rolling. Basketball nights. So your Tuesday, Friday night basketball games. You have your girls go first, then your boys go second. I've clearly mentioned this to you oh, before. Oh, yeah, you've, you've pitched this to me. So Absolutely. we're, we're going we're gonna to get this live now. Uh, I have always I, – I advocate for the concept of, I believe, the – better game and to me the better game is defined by you take both girls teams that are playing and both boys teams that are playing and create and have a combined record so you know 10 and 6 and and 8 and 4 you know that's going to be 18 and 18 and 14 or 18 and 12 uh no 18 and 10 i'm good at math (laughs) and you know you take which combined record is better that game should be the primetime game, should be the later game, because a lot because you see attendance dwindle compared to the boys' games at night. And one thing that always rubbed me the wrong way was, again, going back to Lebec County, when Tristan Gegg played there, the all-time leading scorer in SEK League history, her senior night against Fort Scott. So the last time that a basketball player from Lebec, that the person who scored more points in league history, boy or girl, than anybody else, the only person to ever get past 2,000. You know, last time you were going to get to see her play on her home floor, more people showed up to the boys' game that night. And the boys' team was okay that year at Labette County. They weren't going to state like Labette County did. They weren't winning the league like Labette County did. And I always thought to myself, that that's just a shame. And an excuse I get from some people is, well, those games started like, 5.30 or 6, and I get off work at 5, so I go home, have dinner with my family, kind of get settled in a little bit, then I go to the game. Well, by the time that happens, it's 7 o'clock when the boys' game is t- getting ready to tip off. What do you think of that idea, moving the quote-unquote better combined record game to the to the night slot? I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> at all, at all, because it has some merit. But there are... When, if, I, if I play devil's advocate on that is... At our level, we have a C team or a freshman boys game. Mm-hmm. And our freshman boys game plays against the varsity girls game because it's not going to play against the varsity boys game because we share coaches. Yeah. Okay. If 
if we did that and the varsity boys played first, then the freshman boys wouldn't play their game until 7.30 or whenever the varsity girls play. That means you have officials that are sub-varsity officials come at 4 mm-hmm. or 4.30 and then sit for an entire game period and then we'll do the late game of the night. Yeah, You're not going to get officials that'll come at 4.30 to do two games and be there for five hours. They'll mm-hmm. be like, nope. I'm going to head down to Cherryvale and do that game because I'm going to be done and off the floor by seven. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that piece of it too in the you know the the game night administration when hiring officials and getting them there. We would run into issues getting getting officials to do the sub varsity because they're not going to sit that game out and not get paid for it. So mm-hmm. that's just that's one thing when you when you make a proposal like that, it looks and sounds good, and but there's the 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 other things that then it snowballs into, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that or I hadn't thought of that. Sean, I'm not sitting here saying, no, there's no, there's no merit to that whatsoever. I, it, why do the boys always play last? I don't know. It's always been done that way. Yeah. Maybe somebody needs to shake it up and, Which, and switch it around. This is not a knock on you specifically because I think you actually are going to share the opinion I'm about to share. Whenever somebody says that's how we've always done it or that's just the way it's always been done. To me, that's like, oh, so that answer is wrong, then. That doesn't make it yeah. the right answer yeah. at all. Um, but like I said, there are other things that then could happen throughout that, mm-hmm. that just are, are unintended consequences of, yeah. we didn't think about that. But We got about a minute and a half. Last thing I want to talk to you about, and you'll you'll be happy to talk about it, your son, Paxson, is going to be a senior uh, this year. Uh, he, I know, he, Is he still going to play soccer? Yeah, he is going to play soccer. Going to yep. play soccer. By the way, shout out to Caleb Reed in that soft in that soccer program a year ago. Uh, what he did in that first year, uh, really catching fire early and and becoming a very you know a, a successful program in its very in, in its infancy, its first year. Great job by that program. Uh, but your son Paxson, he's going to play soccer. Then he's going to play basketball, and then he'll play a little baseball. You told me off air a couple minutes ago that he was that he had a pretty good summer for baseball. Uh, obviously, he, he's a student as well. He's a person with his own mind and his own interest. What, uh, what's your how? How are you kind of anticipating as a parent uh, how your son's senior year of high school is going to go? Well, his senior year of high school, get this, is going to be two hours of automotive, his love. Mm-hmm. He must go to diesel mechanics. One hour of construction, his English credit, and two hours of welding work on the job training or work work study is what we call it where he's yeah. going to be working with he's been working with brian hetty all summer so he's going to be back in the auto shop so two hours of welding two automotive construction english and then working on cars again so that doesn't even cover the the, the athletic side of it yeah he is stoked for his senior year because if if you know paxton school the traditional school is not his thing um Hasn't always been, but the hands-on stuff he thrives at. So he he just can't wait for his senior year. Does he have any idea of where he wants to go to college? Oh, he wants to do the Prairie Land program through Fort Scott. He goes to Fort Scott for two years. Uh, he'd be John Deere certified tech, and then he'd go work for whatever, uh, either Independence or we've looked into Clay Center. That's where our family's from. Uh, if one of those places sponsors him, then mm-hmm. he goes to work for them for three years after he gets his John Deere tech. So. Does he want to do athletics in college? Um. All? I mean, because Fort Scott he has says, baseball and basketball. Yeah, and I have reached out to Fort Scott a little bit. Um, he says no, but he got a little bit of interest this summer in both basketball and baseball as we were playing in places and coaches saw him. Um, and he's made the comment, hmm, maybe maybe I like might like to try that. But mm-hmm. 
it would have to be a school that has what he's interested in. Yeah. Like LCC does not have diesel mechanics, but they have welding. So mm. could he do welding for a couple of years, play baseball and then go on and do his diesel? It, absolutely. Yeah. He could, but I have to step back and go, it's what he wants. Would I love to see him go play college sports? Oh, you bet I would. What well, dad wouldn't exactly, but it better be what's for mm-hmm. him. And I, I have to take a step back and go, it's his choice, not yours. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, thank you for coming on. As you always, you are a great guest, and I, I know I'm looking for I'm looking forward to getting uh, school back in session and some sports going. Summer is a is a long trudge for me, and I, I get a little stagnant. And so once once the routine kind of starts kicking back in, I'm always raring to go. Uh, that'll do it for the war room. Thanks again to Coach or to uh, Eric Swanson, uh, always Coach Swanson, uh, for uh, coming on the war room. Uh, I'm your host Sean Fry. Uh, Everybody stay safe and uh, God bless.